Welcome, everybody, to the Mental Health Hour. Uh, welcome to our fifth live Q&A special. Uh, this is episode 87 in the series. Um, very good to be here this evening. Uh, Gemma, how about you? How are you? Uh, not too bad. Um, first week of the school Easter holidays. Can't wait for them to go back to school. We have another week, yeah. Our spring, the kids' spring break doesn't start until Friday, so they still have one more day of school. Oh, wow, they're still at school, though. Okay. Yeah, Easter's Friday. Friday's Good Friday, then Easter Sunday is Sunday. How long do they get off? They're two weeks still? Oh, hell. It looks like they're off the majority of next week. Um, so, yes, welcome in, everybody. It's good to see everybody here. We're back again, uh, as always. It's going to be uh, a interesting and potentially lengthy episode, at least. Uh, that's what it looks like. We had 30-some-odd responses to the questionnaire or the... Um, QR code, uh, Google Doc. Uh, so we're going to have to jump right in. Uh, we're going to get as far along as we can. Um, but Penelope may interrupt at some point for her dinner. And I will either have to feed her live on stream or we'll just see if we're at a point where we should just break it into two weeks of Live. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, uh, we will get moving. We will. Uh, I'll throw it to Gemma at first, so she can go over the uh, the rules, so to speak, or how we do this here. You know, Gemma mm -hmm. in Chicago land. Thank you for the fifty bits. It's good to see you. Welcome in. And yes, Gemma, please take us through yeah. what we do here on the live Q&A. Okay, so you can submit a question via the, it's a Google Doc, so I can't see who sent them. And all we ask is that it's mental health related. You don't use anybody else's names because we're not calling anybody out or targeting anyone. And when I read it out, if it does contain a name, I will omit the name. And often if it refers to he or she i just take it out completely so it's applicable to everyone but keep it clean keep it on topic and just don't use names you can put your name in the box at the bottom um i won't know if it is you but if you need to contact us back for whatever reason or a follow-up then it's easier to do that and if we need to send you anything then again easier to do that but I wouldn't ever read a name out if it is on there anyway. Thank you, Gemma. That being said, uh, it should be noted that while uh, the question, the Google Docs will not be um, out of service or out of commission during this, you can still send questions in. However, mm -hmm. like I said, we have uh, 30 or so to get through. So, uh, if something does come up, we might have to answer on another show or keep it for the next 
live Q&A. We do these pretty regularly. Um, but anyway, so feel free to continue to send in questions if, if something pops up. However, uh, we're pressed uh, this evening, so we might not get to everything, which we will address. We will get to it eventually, whether we have to do another week of this. Um, we will figure out what we're doing once we're a little bit further in. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Gemma, what do you have for the first question this go around? Right, just sending that. Right, okay. So I'm just going to read them as they are written. Uh, obviously, omitting any names if there is any. So the first one. I am pretty sure that I have ADHD, but I am not diagnosed. Thing is, I am quite old now. Does it matter to have a diagnosis? How do you manage and what, if I can't get a diagnosis, what do I do? Okay. Uh, so that's a good question. Um, you are, you're never too old to get a diagnosis for anything is the short answer to that. Um, mm -hmm. You can certainly at any, at any time go to your doctor and be evaluated for uh, ADHD. Uh, they ask a pretty standard uh, routine set of questions. I know here in the States, it is not hard at all to get a diagnosis and or prescription for ADHD medicine um, as it's uh, become, <laughs> become particularly buzzworthy here of late. Um, it's not, um, it's not, so to speak, um, like a trendy thing, uh, but uh, it's more prominent these days. So, um, as with anything that gets more attention, um, and research done, then we learn more about it. So, um, if you're not getting a diagnosis, the... The, then you're not meeting the criteria of the doctors. Yeah, it's like question. if you haven't been assessed, but you think you should, is it something that's going to impact your life? Is it going to change your life if you get this diagnosis? Um, yes. It's a case of if it matters to you to have it, then push for it. Otherwise, if it's not going to make a difference, then does it really matter? But uh, yeah. Um, MGAM saying, I know a few streamers who have ADHD and I am, me, myself, and I, Tim, I am one of those streamers. Mm -hmm. I have ADHD. I have the diagnosis. Um, the questions were pretty generic, uh, you know, about organization, concentration. Um, what does your, uh, desk look like? Uh, do you have a filing system? Um, are you able to concentrate on one particular item for longer than five seconds? Um, and even a, a question about what do my sheets look like when I wake up in the morning? Are they all bunched up in a ball or are they still somewhat flat? Um, that kicks into the hyperactivity part of the ADHD or H, if you will. 
Um, so I hope that helps for question number one. It's never too late to get a diagnosis. If you're not getting the diagnosis you're looking for, uh, you can either try other doctors, get a second opinion, mm -hmm. or um, perhaps you're not qualified for that diagnosis. Um, and it's time to look down other avenues. Um, they won't just leave you say, no, it's not ADHD and leave you high and dry. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out, usually a doctor will go down other routes with you and figure out what's going on. Um, but hopefully that was helpful. And as always, any with any of the answers in tonight's broadcast, remember Gemma and I are not medically trained people here. I mean, I'm medically trained to ride an ambulance, but I'm not <coughs> a mental health professional. Um, neither is Gemma. We are just two people sharing our experience, strength, and hope. And mm -hmm. hopes for uh, be, uh, normalizing the conversation around mental health um, mm -hmm. as it affected both of our lives deeply. So with that being said, also you can um, reach us at our Discord. Hattie will drop that in uh, as she already has. Uh, you can reach us at Discord or any of the socials on our bio link and get further information on any of these questions tonight. Okay. Question yep. number two, Gemma, go for it. Okay, so how do you know if you have a mental health problem rather than just feeling a bit down? How do you know if you have a mental health problem rather than just feeling a bit down? Uh, I would say, and um, I would say the first and foremost is how uh, frequent mm -hmm. are we feeling down? Um, is it an everyday thing? Is it once in a great while? Is it, you know, kind of pinpoint how frequent we're talking? Um, if it's an everyday thing, then yeah, there's probably something going on. Gemma, what do you think? Yeah, if it's like an everyday thing and it's been persistently there for quite a while, then yeah, I'd say there's maybe something else going on. And the best way to get that checked is speak to your doctor, get um, referred for a um, for an assessment for that, and uh, go from there. Because if there is something, if there is a mental health problem there, obviously you want to get it diagnosed and get it treated. You're muted. <laughs> sure. Michael Joseph Murray, thank you for the one gifted sub. And that Craig Bloke guy was the, it uh, looks like the lucky recipient. So thank you to at Michael Joseph Murray. On behalf of that Craig guy, that Craig Bloke. Um, and that should... Be, I think I'm caught up. Okay. Uh, Gemma, question three. Okay. What do I do if the support I'm receiving for my mental health isn't helping me? We've discussed this many times before. And we both said, if you're getting help and support and it's not helping you, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. You move on. Get somebody else that is. Yeah. Um, therapists are, mm. and I believe we have a similar question coming down the line. Um, mm. They are as, um, or they should be shopped uh, just like um, mm. 
anything else that you're going to purchase for either consumption or um, you are, you're essentially the consumer here and it, there's a market out there um, mm -hmm. in the economics sense, uh, supply and demand. Um, yeah. You don't go out and buy just any uh, uh, insert whatever brand here uh, of you shop around, you find what works best for you. If you're allergic to something, you're not going to buy that, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to shop around. It might take two or three times to find the right fit. But uh, there There's is different styles of treatment as well for mental health, like um, CBT, like um, various different types of mental health support. And if you're in the UK and you're getting it on the NHS, that same applies if you're not getting on with the person you are um, having the therapy with. Change. You can still do that. Indeed. All right. Uh, question. Next question. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Is it possible to prevent mental health-related problems before they happen? Is it possible to prevent? Uh, so I guess it depends what we're talking about. Um, mm. If we're talking about like schizophrenia or something, uh, that could be a bit more severe and unpredictable. Um, yeah. Is there any preventative maintenance you can do for like depression and stuff? Uh, certainly. Mm. Um, depression is something that we can count on. Those of us diagnosed with depression understand the kind of signs and symptoms of it, um, what it feels like. Now, I've, I've told you guys several times that I don't often see it first. My wife normally notices it first, but there are preventative things that um, can be done as soon as she starts to see things uh, starting to go in motion before it gets too bad. Um, things mm -hmm. like journaling. <laughs> exercise, uh, eating healthier, all of these things that our doctors regularly recommend do uh, mm -hmm. increase endorphins and um, have a purpose, um, <clears throat> especially for your mental health. Um, and other than that, uh, just speak with your doctor, your primary care physician, um, see if the, there's anything that warrants further investigation or talking to with a psychiatrist or therapist or um, any of the uh, mental health field clinicians um, mm -hmm. to try and get a jump on whether you feel like you might have depression or anxiety, um, this, that, or the other. Uh, Gemma, anything to add to that? I am. Um... I've covered most of it, I think. Even if you can't prevent it happening, you can certainly try and prevent it from getting any worse. Um, make sure if you have any suspicions, get support. Um, don't just leave it because then things will get worse. So even if you can't prevent it from actually happening, you can potentially prevent it from getting worse. Exactly. Perfectly said. All right, we are kind of moving right along, which is good. Um, uh, we're only putting a dent in, but 
Um, well, this next one's all yours. <laughs> all right. Okay, so I have a long family history of alcoholics and I am worried about where that leaves me, also my son. If there is a family history of alcoholism, does that mean it will definitely affect everyone in the family? Uh, it's a genetic thing, so no, um, is the quick answer to that. No, it does not have to, you do not have to have the gene. It can be recessive. Um, it does not have to be a dominant gene in your makeup. Um, you could, there, I have four sisters and three of us are in a program. One is not, uh, and still drinks regularly and is perfectly normal with it. Um, and it comes from both sides of our family tree. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a one in four chance for you. If you, if you, if you will, uh, mm. um, it's, it's all about whether or not, um, you're, it's hard to see when you're in the thick of it, you know, like it took me so long to really realize there was anything uh, fucked up with me mm. um, until my organs started shutting down. Then I was finally like, oh dear. <laughs> um, well, this isn't happening to anybody else. Maybe I am going a bit too hard. And then once they were shutting down and I still couldn't stop drinking, I that confirmed uh, that I had something serious going on. Um, now, hopefully it doesn't take that for everybody. Uh, some people uh, get a jump on it a little sooner before they're lying in a hospital bed two or three times um, or on their way down to a rehab facility. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a as, as Hattie says, never be afraid to ask your doctor questions. Um, throw that up there. Um, they can at least point you in a direction. Um, you can reach out to me at any time on the Discord or uh, really any of the socials. Um, I am very open with my alcoholism and what I did to kind of, or what I do daily to kind of try and keep it in check because <coughs> it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Um, it is always with me, even though I'm coming up on three years of sobriety. Um, it's still a daily thing to keep, uh, keep my head around and to try and stay ahead of. Um, so I hope that answers that question. Um, no, uh, the, the short answer was no, just because it's in your family bloodstream doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be affected by it. It, it could be a recessive gene in your makeup. Um, same for your son or daughter or whomever. Um, I guess if you are worried or uh, think that you might have some sort of like signs, you could get help 
earlier rather than waiting till it really hits you. Yeah. I guess. And yeah. then, you know. I mean, it, I mean, it's, I, I'm going to be honest. I worry too. Like I, my daughter is not even a year old yet and she, I already have thought about it. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that's always going to be in the back of my mind. Um, but she might get lucky, you know, and um, it's something that we'll keep our eyes on. And mm -hmm. I will do my part as well in raising her, explaining my issue, what I have been through and what I, you know, when she's older and can understand and comprehend what's going on, I'll be the first one to tell her exactly like I do on this show every week. Um mm -hmm what I've been through and, and how important it is to, um, to stay on top of these things. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Right. Next one. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so the next one, I have started a new relationship and my mental health has really been a problem in the past. Is it too early to say about these problems? When is a good time to mention it? It really affects me with with relationships, like worrying about splitting up, jealousy when it comes to other people, like my boyfriend's friends. What do I do and when should I tell him? Um, I think they mean about telling their boyfriend that they have a mental health problem, which I would say as soon as you can, really. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't, it's not something I would keep for too long. I mean, no, no. depending on what it is and how serious it is, like it, it might be pretty personal and you don't just like, you don't want to introduce your kids into the situation too quickly mm -hmm. uh, for those of, uh, for those parents that date, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, they didn't want to bring their kids, involve them in the mix before they knew, you know, or were sure how comfortable um, this relationship was turning out to be or, or how, mm. uh, how um, concrete, I guess it was mm. um, and not just some fling uh, or uh, a date or two. And you find out it's not really meshing. You might not want to divulge your deepest and darkest secrets. Um, but if it is something that is turning into a decent relationship and something that you're looking to pursue for an extended time or, you know, marriage, uh, then yeah, I would, I would jump on that uh, as soon as possible. Don't, don't ever, hide things you know because that's not gonna start the marriage or um relationship off on the right foot mm -hmm. uh, if it is something serious what and do you, you don't want to get into a relationship having been in it for a while and then drop that on them and it potentially could rock the boat i guess you want to get out there as soon as you can because then you know it's out of the way you can build on work on building your relationship and being honest from the start and then at least they know what what to expect i guess maybe they will be able to help you with it because like in any relationship 
there's give and take. And if um, if you're going to be together and be in a relationship, then you need to work together with that. All right. Um, good morning to that Greg bloke. Um, good to see you, pal. And uh, as a ray of sunshine agrees, yes, always let everything out in the open with your significant other. Mm -hmm. um, never a good idea to, especially starting a relationship, not a good idea to start on lies, you know? No. Uh, but also, like we were saying, protect what's rightfully yours, um, just like you would protect your kids. Mm -hmm. um, if it's something significant, uh that you, you know, kind of a, not a secret, but, a, you know, something that is a part of you that belongs to you and like my alcoholism. Yeah, I'm open about it and I'll tell anybody, but uh, for a lot of folks, that's not the case. It's a, it's a very private matter um, mm -hmm. and it has been for ages. Um, I decided at rehab that I wasn't going to be private with it because I was so damn sick of being private and lying essentially on a daily basis to myself mm. to my friends to my co-workers to my family um about who i was and like what was going on I'm just trying to put on a mask essentially every single day uh almost for shame of who i actually was i couldn't do that anymore so that's why i'm so open about it it just it's part of my program it helps me but for a lot of folks that are alcoholics, it is not something that we're just out and open with um, mm -hmm. protected information. It's private. Um, now, eventually, when they get involved in a relationship, that does come up. Why? You know, you're going to notice. Why do you never drink? Um, but uh, that is to be shared. You know, just like anything else. Uh, at the at the. Um, discretion of you whenever you're ready but at the same time try not to lie about it you know what i mean yeah <laughs> all right you ready for the next one <clears throat> all right this one is i wanted to ask you both tim and Gemma, have you ever experienced a terrible occurrence that has impacted you significantly Things like being the victim of armed assault, witnessing a tragedy happen to someone else, surviving a sexual assault, or living through natural disaster. How did you cope with them, and what help did you get? Uh, Gemma, I'll let you go ahead, because I've... I mean, yeah. I, I haven't personally... I mean, I've seen a lot of fucking shit on, <laughs> for my job, but... Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of trauma, tragedy, and just things that humans shouldn't see. Um, but that is a part of my job, and, and we take care of each other, and it's a lot more um, okay to not be okay these days. And you do have to do some some of that preventative maintenance we were talking about earlier, um, mm -hmm. the therapist. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go with this one because I think you have probably more dealings in personal yeah. tragedy. Uh, yeah, I've had a few of those. Um, I was held at gunpoint uh, when I was working somewhere. And then the sexual assault, I've had that. And I guess 
the only way you can cope with it is to like never blame yourself for a start get help with it process what has happened try to come to terms with it deal with it and get the help you need with it like for me with the sexual assault um it did take a while um years in fact and there's no deadline as to when you are okay again um there can be things that even now will trigger that for me even though it was years ago like over 20 years and i um let me get rid of that. i think the best thing you can do is just you don't ever blame yourself but you need to just take time to process what's happened deal with it and then like a good thing again i learned was journaling it writing things down how i felt um just just to help me process it all and just to get through it really i had a lot of counseling and stuff so it's the only way you can just take one day at a time um hour by hour even and get through it that way but definitely don't keep it to yourself reach out to someone you trust a therapist friend family member whoever and, uh, let someone help you let someone in yeah well yeah. said um i don't really have uh much to add there is uh that, that was that was well put Gemma. Mm -hmm. just keep an eye on your own mental health and it's, sometimes it's hard to do that it's hard to it is hard to look in the mirror and say that we need help but it's something that i'm sure glad i did after being stubborn for so long because uh, yeah. i feel so much better now and it, it you know it's that preventive maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, however, if, it, if, if a trauma or tragedy has occurred, like Gemma was speaking on, it's not preventative anymore. It's, it's managing. Um, mm -hmm. So just stay on top of your feelings and your um, mental health. Um, yeah, there's some things that are taken out of our control, that things that happen that can affect your mental health. And the only thing you can do, uh, the only thing you can control with that is how you react and how you deal with it once it's happened. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That okay. is it. Next one. Sure. Okay. What is the best way to deal with panic attacks? I have them and usually they don't happen often, but lately it's more often and it has been happening in public. It's very embarrassing and also worries me about going out because I'm scared it's going to happen again. How can I deal with this? Um, I, uh, I unfortunately don't have much in the way of help on this one. So I, Yeah, like I, I used to have them. I used to have them quite frequently. Um, the best thing to do when, like, when you've had them, try and write down, try and keep a record of when they're happening 
and where you are at the time. If you know what's triggered it, then write that down with it. See if there's any sort of pattern to it. See if there's anything that is triggering them. And then as to it happening in public, yeah, I've been there, done that myself. It can be embarrassing, especially when people are around you and see people are just generally nosy and things happening. They will look. Um, I've been in the middle of the shop with my son having a meltdown and everybody just stops and stares at you and then it makes you feel more vulnerable, more paranoid about it. So no matter what it is that's happening, um, if it's getting to the point where you don't want to go out by yourself, maybe see if, if there's someone else that can go with you, just to be with you. But I found the thing that helped me with panic attacks and going out was to not completely, but somewhat disassociate from the fact of going out. So like have music or something, just something that would slightly distract me. Don't do it so you can't hear what's going around on around you and put yourself in any danger. You have to be very mindful, unfortunately, in this day and age of what is around you. But certainly try and keep a record of when they're happening, how often they're happening, if there's any triggers. And then you can potentially go to your doctor, mention it to them and see if there's anything that they can help support with. But if there's something that you can identify as a trigger, obviously, depending on what it is, try and avoid that trigger. But certainly documenting them will help um, because then you might be able to see some kind of pattern emerging from it. Well, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I bow to you on that one. Um, mm -hmm. I've never experienced panic attacks. They can be horrible. Like, yeah. And if you don't know what's going on at first, like the first time I had one, I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, but just try and if you if you get a lot of warning that it's coming on, like breathing into a paper bag and things, or doing some mindful breathing techniques and things like that, that can help calm it down before it escalates. But it just depends how quickly you get hit with it, really, as to if you can do anything to prevent it from getting any worse. So, anyway, um, next one. Sure. Uh, okay, so what is the difference between ADHD and ADD? Also, can you tell me some more about them and autism too? Perhaps a show on them would be good. I think I have ADHD, but I am not diagnosed. Does it matter to be diagnosed as an adult? Um, uh, very similar question as before. Um, minus the... Um, wanting to know the difference between the two. Um, mm -hmm. ADD and ADHD are one and the same, essentially, these days. ADD is now referred to as ADHD. Um, all the H is, is adding hyperactivity um, to the mix because that also affects your ability to be attentive. 
So ADD is attention deficit disorder. And we're just adding hyperactivity into that now as another um, potential cause of um, what's going on, uh, especially with a hyperactive mind. Uh, you're constantly, your thoughts are racing. You're not attended to or attentive to one topic or thing at a time. Mm. Um, and then we did just for uh, the, um, uh, for this question in particular, Gemma found a slide, which I'll throw up there. Um, and I'll let her run through that real quick. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is just a quick comparison between ADHD and autism and then in the middle the bits that are affected by both so ADHD craves novelty and new experiences difficulty regulating attention and focus difficulty reading social cues due to focus and attention issues hyperactivity and impulsivity and inhibition difficulties Autism craves familiarity and routine, self-soothes through repetitive behaviours and routines, difficulty reading all what? Austic social cues intuitively <laughs> strict adherence to routines and then the things that are the same in both stimming sensory issues interception issues, impulse control difficulties, interest-based nervous system, emotional regulational difficulties, higher rates of substance abuse, suicide, depression, eating disorders, anxiety, bipolar, OCD, uh, communication patterns, info dumping, connecting, overshared interests, value contacts, things like that. Um, yeah, so I mean, you can see there's a wide, yeah, there's a wide variety of similarities um, between the two of oh, ADHD yeah. and autism, um, but some pretty big points uh, obviously point to on the ADHD side point to the inability to maintain concentration and um, impulses. Uh, as far as like staying on topic, um, organizing your shit, uh, mm. regulating uh, attention to uh, and focus. I mean, like it says there, um, your your focus is the the main cue there. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas autism um, is more of a it, it, the best way I, I see. Um, or one of the main cues, I guess I should say, of, of autism. And the, uh, there's several listed there. However, uh, your, or one thing I've noticed is if something goes wrong or something is out of um, the norm, mm -hmm. it's not exactly so, uh, then that throws everything off which that's not a attention to detail or um, a focus issue. That's um, more of something that is uh, an everyday occurrence. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's definitely um, quite a list of similarities 
but um, you can see it on the outskirts there. Uh, and we'll put this slide, and we have one more slide for later on, um, on the Discord as well, yeah. uh, for you to take a gander at. Um, but that is an essential rundown, and we will be doing a show on this this month, um, mm -hmm. either next week. Uh, we've got to come out with the schedule uh, yeah. for, for the upcoming weeks. After today, we are. Um, we are blank uh, as far as, well, we have shows lined up to do, but we don't have anything posted on the socials yet. Yeah. Um, so, we will get this one this month as Gemma, you were saying this month is Autism Acceptance Month. Autism Month. Yeah. Okay. So, perfect. Let's uh, move next along one. to the next question, please. Uh, yeah. So what is the best way to support your significant other with their mental health problems? I don't know how to do it, and I don't want to make it worse. Support your significant other? Mm -hmm. uh, or support anybody, for that matter. Um, yeah. Uh, we have done an episode recently on um, this topic, uh, or at least it was mentioned in the show. I don't know if it was specifically on this topic. Or if it came up in one of our previous shows, uh, it's a touchy subject, I guess, for some things. Um, how you correctly and and everybody's different, right? Um, mm -hmm. So no real way to kind of answer. I don't know your significant other, uh, you know, because he may. He or she, or they, might react differently than I would. Um, so it's a, it's a on the basis of the person. Um, you know your significant yeah. other. You know how they. Um, Just be there, though. Like, yeah. that's all anyone can do is be there, be an ear for when they need to talk. There's yeah. There's no real playbook for. Don't be dismissive of their feelings. Like we went through this on one of the other broadcasts about how to accept what someone's saying, watch your wording so that it's not a dismissive, it's an acceptance of what they're saying rather than dismissing that their thoughts and feelings. Make sure that you don't do that because that doesn't help. But just just be there. And if you don't know what how to support them ask them say i want to be able to help you what's the best way i can do it again yeah. communication just ask i mean other than the like craig just said don't let them feel judged other than the mm -hmm. uh, the main bullet points uh, of just good communication and you know not being an asshole uh there is uh something to be taken into account of uh, what kind of person they are, or uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> how they normally react to things. This mm -hmm. is somebody that you're potentially um, intimate with, and you're you know quite intimately, I guess I should say, and um, you know how they deal with things. Um, if you want further information, uh, please feel free to reach out to us on the Discord or any of the socials. We can talk more privately. Um, and get a better feel for what's going on in your situation. I know Hattie's open to 
talking about these types of things um, as mm -hmm. she has mentioned before um, uh, and she deals with on her own as well um, mm -hmm. so that uh, should hopefully answer that if if like I said if you want more information please feel free to reach out um, right um, so that was question 10 of 30. I'm well, thinking of time if we get halfway through and then maybe continue them next week. We should probably do that. What does everybody think? Um, that was We've question. got another 20 to go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do that. It's number 15 and then we continue this next week. Yeah, let's we, do that. I don't think um, we've ever had quite as many sent in as this. Yeah. We so to really do it justice, I think we should break it down into two because otherwise we're just going to end up rushing through it and not giving it the um, the attention yeah. that they need. Yes, uh, uh, we're, yeah. getting, we're getting a good bit of that. Continue next week. Part two works. Awesome. Yeah. We'll do okay. a live well, week, five part two next <laughs> week. Uh, that just means our show is growing, you know? We're still... Yeah. Uh, we're still growing. We're growing every day. This is more um, than double what we've ever had on any of them. We've never yeah. had as many questions. That's excellent. But and, anyway, uh, next question. <laughs> this, so this is aimed at you. This is asking you a specific question now. Oh, so right. it says, Tim, do you ever get frustrated sometimes with having a baby? I am a recovering alcoholic, and I have been sober now for just over three years. I have had a baby with my girlfriend, but honestly, sometimes it's just too much for me to cope and I feel bad. What can I do? I think they're getting at the frustration of being a parent, maybe with that. Uh, yeah, so I can't particularly <clears throat> say that it's been a, a strain on my life um, being a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I've never once felt the urge to drink because of Penelope. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll put it that way, if that makes sense. Penelope has been kind of like the, the grand prize of my sobriety. Um, yeah. What I've been waiting for my whole life is this child of mine. And now I have her and I want to stay sober for her. And uh, I was in no shape or no way, shape, or form ready to be a parent before my sobriety. Um, I always thought I could do it, and I told everybody, it's not a big deal. I'll be fine. But knowing mm -hmm. now what I know uh, as far as what a life of sobriety feels like versus what I felt like back then, I would have been in no shape to be a dad mm -hmm. uh, or at least an attentive dad or here, present, in the moment. Um the Penelope has been just an ultimate uh, present or prize at the uh, at the mm. sobriety. And Makes you want to strive even more to keep going with it, right? I I haven't known a love like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've I'm in love with my wife, but I, th this is a whole new. It's a whole person that you and your wife have created. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even explain the love. Uh, as Ryan Reynolds said it, um, 
he was doing an interview, and I think I might have said this on there before. Um, he said, I, yes, I love my wife, and I, I thought I knew what love was then, but then we had this beautiful baby girl, and I found out what love really is. And uh, this person that I am in love with, my wife, I would be willing to th- throw her in front of a bullet to save my baby. <laughs> you know, it's just a whole different love. Um, and it's, I, I, I can't express how good she makes me feel. And, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, there's been no, I can't really relate with what you're going through, I guess. Um, I think as parents though, we all get frustrated, like sure. when they're babies yeah. and things and they're just crying and you don't know what the hell they want. Yeah, sometimes I mean, it can go through definitely. your head like, oh, my God, you've been fed. You've been changed. What the hell do you want? <coughs> and it doesn't get any easier as they get moments. older. They just nag. And I did it the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, for, for goodness sake, just shut up. And it does. It is frustrating sometimes being a parent with, with or without any addiction. But, right. yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yes, there's always going to be moments of frustration. But I mm. guess what I said earlier, I mean, this seemed to be a question of revolving around addiction and parenting yeah. or recovery and parenting. And Penelope has never once made me feel the urge to drink. Yeah. So well, I hope good. that kind of answers that. If whoever sent that, there's no name or anything, but if whoever sent that wants to write back and emphasize anything else then feel free to do so uh right number 12 um this one's just a really quick one will there be another show on depression soon so yes absolutely uh there's there's gonna be several more episodes on depression we've only we've done three of them uh in the 85 episodes we've done uh there's been three episodes solely based on depression or focused mm-hmm. on depression, and we've barely scratched the surface. There's a lot to talk about there. So, yes, uh, stay tuned for that. There will mm-hmm. be more on depression. Okay, number 13. So, can you explain your use of alcohol solely to ADHD? I like all the ADHD questions. I mean, I did. I have recently gone on a, a, a bit of a tirade on it. Uh, we had a great episode or an interview with John McCabe uh, not long ago. And that was, if you want to go back and watch that on the YouTube channel or listen to it on uh, Spotify or any of the major podcasting networks, it is there. Um, we got into a great discussion about ADHD. And um, and then also um, more recently, I can't remember which episode, but I uh, it might have been the suicidal ideation one um, where I got into why I drank. I don't know if it was suicidal ideation. It was one of them, but it wasn't It wasn't the main focus of the episode is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at, um, but it was recent. And I got into why I drank and, and the, how depression is definitely something I was masking. However, PhD was was something so phenomenally uh active in my brain and and i didn't really know about it at the time Uh, i didn't know that that was going on um uh, as to why i was drinking 
until I read some articles and was listening to some podcasts and what have you. And there's been um, a wide receiver that died recently. Um, I can't remember his name, of course, in the moment. Um, but he was a wide receiver in the NFL. He died recently and his uh, it was due to alcohol related. Um, but he wrote uh, and or his sister was interviewed and his sister said that he drank to feel normal, to get rid of the fuzz. And that is exactly what ADHD causes. Um, <clears throat> just this fog, this in, inattentiveness, this lull. Vincent Jackson, was that it? Huh? Was it Vincent Jackson? Uh, it could be, yes, actually. Yeah, I just looked it up really quick. Vincent Jackson. Um, he said that he drank to get rid of the fuzz and to, to make things normal and to feel normal. And that is as close as I can describe as to why I drank so much, is to feel normal. It um, wasn't suicidal ideation, I remember. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was on the Bucks. I think he was also on the Chargers. Uh, but, um, yeah, he he struggled with this, and uh, it wasn't known. Um, but anywho, um, the question – that doesn't answer the question. The question was – uh, the question was, do, can I solely explain my drinking? No, not really. Um, mm. it's a genetic thing. My drinking is, is first and foremost in my genes. Um, I, I was uh, dealt this hand, but that's not an excuse. Uh, I'm not using it, it as an excuse. I could manage this or I could have gotten a lot sooner had I chose to see the warning signs that were there so clearly. Um, but ADHD is definitely uh, up there as one of my top prospects for what um, what I did, uh, mm. why I did what I did, or why I drank, you know. Um, it definitely did not help things. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, anywho. Uh, thank you, Hattie, for finding the John McCabe interview and uh, also the Vincent Jackson uh, article right there. That's a good read. I would highly recommend it. It mm -hmm. really does kind of it, it delves into exactly if you want to know why Tim Conrad drank uh, or, or what was one of the leading causes. Read that article because that was he felt when I read that I was like, damn. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty on point so mm -hmm. anyway we'll move on to the next question question 14 right it just says please give us a rundown on how to meet good therapists um something we talked about a little earlier mm -hmm. uh it's all about shopping around Gemma, if you want to continue on that yeah like there's definitely if you're going to go private or if you're in America or wherever you have to pay for them, uh, there's reputable websites where you can look up and see, find therapists, look at other people's reviews, and then try it. Try a session with them, see how you get on with them, see if you connect with them. If you don't, try somebody else. If you do, great. And then if you are in the UK or somewhere like that that has uh, 
So if I wanted to get a therapist and didn't want to pay privately, I was referred. I really wouldn't get much of a choice as to who I got. But if I got somebody and I didn't connect with them, I could go and say to my referrer, look, just not feeling it with this one. I need somebody else. There are places, PALS, patient, and liaison, patient Advice and Liaison Service, who you can contact and they will sort things out. There's advocacy services that will help you as well. But certainly look it up online, do a bit of like internet shopping online, but make sure you use reputable sites. Um, if anybody is actually looking for one and would like to reach back out, um, say where they're from, I'll be happy to find a, like a website or something that might help. Um, but yeah, definitely just shop around, um, try it. If it doesn't work, there's no shame. There, it really isn't a one size fits all. Perfectly uh, said. It's a concern. So just do what feels right. Yeah. Perfectly said as always. They, that uh, we go over this several times. It's it's all a matter of it's like finding a a significant other. You know, it's as important <laughs> as that. You have to mesh well with them you have to uh feel a connection mm -hmm. uh, if you're not connecting with this person then you're not going to be gaining anything out of it mm -hmm. so uh, hattie as hattie said earlier don't be afraid to fire them um you don't have to go in there and say you're fired but <laughs> <laughs> you might want to break it to them gently um, yeah they're working for you at the end of the day you know um but yeah don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and mm -hmm. uh for your needs mm -hmm. and there are services out there that will help you do that as well if you can't actually advocate for yourself and you need support there are services that do that as well um next question this will be sure. the last for tonight then and we'll surely continue. yeah that okay. sounds good we'll do a two-parter because i just i just feel like going through all 30 tonight we're not going to give it the justice and the uh, attention we're going to start rushing through things if we keep mm. going and there's some that really need an in-depth there's some that really need an in-depth um, answer so in order to do the best for them it's best we split it up so i guess you guys okay. are going to have to come back yes <laughs> Uh, right, so the last one then for tonight. How do I deal with someone telling me what to do? I feel like that is, like, I, I have that all the time, where um, parents, for example, telling me what I should and shouldn't do, even though I'm an adult. Um, what was the one? Being bossed around and stuff. How do I deal with someone telling me what to do? Okay. I mean... I guess the best thing to do if you feel <coughs> tell them like you know I I I depending on what it is like I say stuff like I know you may be only trying to help but I don't appreciate you telling me what to do all the time I have got a mind of my own um be honest with them because at the end of the day if you don't <clears throat> if you don't tell somebody your boundaries they ain't gonna know so you have to put your boundaries in place. And then if they continually overstep those boundaries, then, then there's a problem. 
but you have to tell I wonder, them. If that doesn't have, wonder if that doesn't have anything to do with like now of course I'm I'm gonna see everything through the eyeballs of an alcoholic in recovery. Um giving up your control. Um mm-hmm. essentially that was my steps of twelve step program. I had to give up uh, control and let somebody else take the wheel, the higher power, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, you're still in control, but um, you are essentially giving yourself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be looking too in-depth to this, but I'd be curious if whoever wrote that reached out and um, described it a little more if if we're on the right track. Because uh, yeah. just somebody telling you what to do. I mean, we got bosses. We've got um, yeah. dominant friends. Um, At the end of the day, if it's if it is somebody that's not like a boss or there for a medical reason that is to help you, then if it is just somebody <clears throat> like friend, family member, you have to, I guess, think you have to let them know. Obviously, they won't know if you don't tell them. Yeah, but you have to. But you did, you brought up a good point there, Gemma, about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's super important is to set it, set your boundaries and, and, uh, and stick to them. Don't stick to them. If you keep letting people like, uh, undermine you and cross your boundaries, they're going to keep pushing it. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. set your boundaries and stick to them, let people know what your boundaries are. They're not going to know. And if you keep giving in on them, they're going to keep pushing it. So let them know your boundaries. If they keep pushing it and not respecting your boundaries, you have to think to yourself, is this person beneficial to my life? Is it making me more depressed and more anxious and more upset by them by them being in my life? And that's when it becomes something you're going to have to really think about and decide from there. Like, do they need to be in my life? Perfect. <clears throat> All right. That is indeed a good stopping point for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is still 15 questions to comb through, so we will do that on Fresh Minds next week. Uh, so set your calendars now and your reminders that we will be back again next week with a second part to our live Q&A. And thank you guys for sending all these questions in. It's awesome mm-hmm. that we're able to uh, grow like this and get so many more. It's huge. We've never had. This is more than double what we've ever had. So, yeah. yeah amazing. Please check out. Oh, shit, Gemma. I forgot to do your thing. I'll do that tonight. Uh, <laughs> Please uh, check out Catalyst this evening with Jim in Chicago land. He's there in the chat uh, this evening for you. Um, every Wednesday night he does it, 10 to 11 p.m., somewhere in that time. It's start time, um, and he goes for, at least on the East Coast here, uh, he's going till 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Uh, there's a lot to chat about midweek. Uh, turnaround, heading into... Uh, a holiday weekend as well. So 
Jim, if you are partaking, I assume you are, uh, we will be there with you this evening. Uh, also, check out a ray of sunshine. What the hell's going on here? I'm trying to get it up, and you're doing it, obviously. Oh, you're doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> go on. There you also, go. <laughs> check out a ray of sunshine on Twitch as he streams positive stories and vibes. I've got to update Ray's thing, too. I've been saying that for about three weeks. Every Tuesday night, uh, uh, he's in the chat as well, one of our mods on this channel. Please check him out. Give him a follow and a share. Uh Gemma also is now not X Gemma. It's just Gemma, without the X's. Gemmy H83. No X's. So we will I get the, the X's in all senses. So I'm going to actually pull up stream elements now. And uh, that way I'll remember to do it. Um, do it now all right. I have it pulled up on a tab. And then uh, Eric, he's also a good friend of the show. Um, Check him out every Monday night at 7 p.m. as he streams uh, great broadcastings of video games and whatnot. Um, and finally, for all things Bunny, check out our good friend Ella, the Bunny Mom, uh, at Ella the Bunny Mom, on right here on Twitch and uh, www.mybunnyvalentine.com for good merch, cute merch, all kinds of merch, uh, bunny-related merch. Um, for your Easter basket needs, um, use the Fire Dude 15 code. Um, and if you hop on Catalyst later tonight, Jim also has a coupon code for you. So hit him up as well later tonight. He's in the chat. Give him a follow. Ray's in the chat. Everybody's in the chat. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Join the Discord. It's a pretty awesome place. Hit up the bio link. We'll see everybody next week for part two of this amazing live Q&A number five. Um, and I hope everybody who celebrates has a great Easter Sunday and Passover and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so until next week, we'll see you guys later. Bye.